Blog Talk Radio. Lilo, we're back on. Blog Talk Radio. 
to the L.A. Steel Show. I hope we're still on. Uh, Lila, do you want to be on tonight? We are on. Since when? Since now. Hey, let me just finish up here. All right. Tonight we're... Uh, <laughs> sorry we had a really problem here. I don't know why for the last 15 or 20 minutes we've been able, unable to get online. Don't know why. But... Um, we haven't been able to get on the show. But now we are, so we're 15 minutes or so late. But uh, hopefully uh, people will listen to the program in the archives, maybe. <laughs> right. So let's go on from here. Uh, I wanted to talk tonight about... <clears throat> oh, by the way, I should mention... Uh, I should mention that... Uh, Tonight is Lila's last Tuesday night program for a while. Uh, uh, anyway, I was, uh, this is Lila's uh, um, last Tuesday night program. She'll be with us again. Uh, but she's going to she's going to school, so it's kind of interesting. Okay, so I'm out of there. All right, so um, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to you tonight about, but uh, we just kind of like really kind of throws you off when you're this late. <laughs> I think um, between you and I and the, and the universe, I think Jeb Bush is one crazy son of a bee. But, you know, that's just my opinion, all right? Uh, I guess there's going to be a big-name Republican to jump into the race to challenge Donald Trump. Wow, who could that be? I can't even imagine some big-name, you know. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God, what a loser. Mitt Romney is going to jump into the race to challenge Trump. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Oh, my oh. God. The ultimate loser going to challenge Trump. In oh, his that latest, exciting. In his latest strategy to help the Republican establishment fend off the seemingly unstoppable force of Donald Trump, there are reports from political insiders that Mitt Romney, the GOP presidential nominee in 2012, He's now considering an entry in the 2016 race for the White House. Oh, I thought they said he was. Now it's now when you get into the article, it says considering. He's considering, yeah. He's not, but he's considering. Oh, the really? rumor was fueled oh, by former Trump advisor, oh, Roger Stone, yeah. Well, Roger Stone is pissed because he got fired by Trump. Now, with a weak performance of Jeb Bush by sources tell me that Rom- Mitt Romney is reconsidering getting in. Well, uh... Nobody pays attention to Roger Stone because he's a he's a bum, all right. Has been a bum all of his life, and he you know he's the guy that was responsible for the dirty tricks back in Nixon's years. If you can believe it. Huh? With the we uh, uh, Stone appeared on CNN over the weekend to discuss the theory Romney may run. I have very good role uh, Rolodex when it comes to the Republican Party, uh, confirmed by a Republican Times reporter who, by the way told me this morning that she fears the same thing. Stone told 
CNN Michael Smirkonish. Smirkonish. Uh, yeah. So Stone said Trump is dominating the Republican field thus far, partially because Florida Governor Jeb Bush appears to be sleepwalking through the campaign. <laughs> well, that's a good yeah, that's description what, uh, of that. What's yeah, this yeah. little audio we have here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do think that Jeb failure to. Uh, across the board and is under a performance in that paleo diet. He's not, no, got no energy. That stone is uh, like flat, like flat. There's no passion there. There's no can-do spirit. It's uh, sonambulant. 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 Yes, like he's uh, sleepwalking. And this is why Trump is getting is just zooming. Maybe past. he's on that stuff that the Kennedy woman was on. Oh, Ambium, yeah, yeah. The Kennedys <laughs> love Ambium. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just last week, Trump had less than flattering words for Romney. Failed bid for president three years ago. Uh, he let he he let us down. Mitt Romney let us down. Trump told reporters at a conference before a town hall event in Derry, New Hampshire. He should have won that election. He failed. He choked. And billionaire developers that Romney. Uh, uh, loss was no different than a golfer that misses a putt on the 18th hole. No different than a man who strikes out a baseball player. Mitt Romney should have won that election, and he didn't. Something happened to him, Trump alleged, and that's not going to happen to me. When asked if he himself had ever failed, Trump responded, I don't, not often. If you want to know the truth, have I failed? Not often. <laughs> well, he turns every failure into a win by how Somehow, he frames yeah. it. Before this year's GOP field of candidates exploded to at least 17 names, Romney had been considered uh, considering a third, third try for president. for president, right? Having campaigned in 2008 as well as 2012. The Washington Examiner says Romney decided against it after he lost most of his valuable donor base to Bush a massive prospective Republican field proved too unpredictable. UtahPolicy.com also reported, noted Mitt Romney's supporter, Orrin Hatch, has already thrown his support behind Bush, which could make it uncomfortable between the two men's camps. On Saturday, Bill Kristol asked in the Weekly Standard, shouldn't Republicans be open to doing what Democrats are now considering? That is, welcoming into the race even drafting into the race, if need be, one or two new and potentially superior candidates? Crystal did not mention Romney, but he did proffer several other names to include Romney's 2012 running mate, Paul Ryan, former Indiana Governor Mitch Daniels, Yuma Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. Oh, God. Last oh week, God. the Washington Post called Rom- those are superior people. Samuel Alito? Oh, God. These guys are crazy. Last week, the Washington Post called Romney a party eminence who has been relatively silent about Trumpmania. The paper said a potentially powerful voice in countering Trump. He has resisted weighing in at length, though friends said he has been monitoring the summer maneuvering with interest. He declined an interview request. Let's go up to That's that's almost ridiculous. Let's just read the last paragraph. So, enjoying being the, oh no, one of the unfortunate uh, inevitabilities of American politics is that voters forget they ever thought a politician was the only hope for saving the republic. Once said politicians 
announce any ambitions to govern it. Just ask Hillary Clinton, whose favorability ratings dropped considerably when she went from being Secretary of State to White House forerunner. Candidates in the rearview mirror always appear more heroic than they are. So enjoy being the Republican Party's unattainable and desirable savior while you can. Mitt Romney, and remember, they'll only stay Twitter-padded as long as you remain the one that got away. Well, anyway, I ain't going to do much for for anybody, but, you know, it's a joke. Yeah, let's go to this. Yeah, it's really kind of funny that they would, uh... Let's go. Yeah, If you're not already an express employment professional, Japan to have a, a, a life, a life, anything. 
God. Uh, when is it supposed to hit? Record-breaking uh, typhoon to make direct hit on Japan's only restarted nuclear plant. Yep. 159 mile per hour gusts last night, strongest ever measured at location. Waves near 40 feet high expected around the island. Government alerts for landslides and, and floods. Cracks and leaks already found at a nuclear plant. Kyoto G. That was from yesterday. Publishes. Uh, Typhoon Goni was posed to make poised a to make a landfall. Can I finish that, please? No, well, you didn't pronounce it right. It's poised point. to make a landfall on Kayushu, Kayushu, mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday morning. We haven't heard anything. We didn't no, hear no, anything no, on no. the news. No, it's a day later. So, alert residents, Western Japan, that there could be landslides and floods. Violent winds are expected in Kyushu. Uh, from early Tuesday, waves as high as 9 to 12 meters, up to 40 feet high. Oh, God. No, they're, they're not, they're not, they didn't show any of this on the news today. They didn't say a word. Uh, packing gusts up to 250 kilometers, 157 miles an hour. Uh, now, as of August 24th, which was yesterday. Monday, powerful typhoon Goni slammed into Japan's Okinawa prefecture Sunday night. Jeez. The typhoon registered a maximum instantaneous wind speed of 71 meters per second. That's 159 miles per hour on Ishigaki, the strongest uh, on record. is where we got this on the internet. Yeah. Hmm. They didn't pick this up anywhere on our on our international or national stories. So that's in that they're not really saying what it did, just that they. Well, it says powerful typhoon. Again, that's all they said, but they didn't say what it did. No. It says, uh, say a nuclear power plant, uh, says it found seawater used to cool steam. As uh, leaked. As leaked. Found cracks in five pipes in the condenser. They're now checking the, the other tubes. The trouble occurred nine days after the operator started the reactor, the first to go back online. The utility was due to the raise the reactor's power output to 100%, but the problems are expected to delay the scheduled work. On August 24th, workers at an operating nuclear plant in southwestern Japan have run into problems. They found cracks and leaks in pipes. The utility has been inspecting the pipes, finding cracks in five of them at one condenser. They say seawater had leaked from them. Workers stopped the flow of water by putting plugs in the five pipes. They're now checking the other ones. Officials with the plant operator say they'll keep running the reactor. I don't know. That's for that, yeah. But we don't know if there was any damage anywhere or what happened. That's what I was about. Okay, so, yeah. Just go down to the bottom of the 245 something. Keep going. Yeah, these are 214. Oh, 245 yeah, comments to record breaking yeah, typhoon. Hmm. So we don't really know much more about it. Uh, I think either. Anyway, That's pretty scary, though. Yeah. This is interesting. Here, a video of Black Pastor unleashes on Black Lives Matter. Uh, then make stunning reprediction. Okay, is, Jonathan kind of, Gentry. Yeah. Oh, oh, Conservative. Yeah. During an appearance in Your World with Neil Cavuto 
last week. Outspoken LA-based black minister or pastor Jonathan Gentry, um, Gentry disseminated the Black Lives Matter movement with a stream of spot-on observations about its refusal to address black criminality. If Black Lives Matter, how come you ain't cleaning up your own community? The bold pastors asked. Where were you in at? Where where were you at in Chicago? Where are you in Baltimore? Where are you in Ferguson last week when Jamela Bolden was shot dead in her own home in a drive-by shooting on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, added, if, you if, want you want, to... what, if you want to recognize black lives, recognize the ones that are being killed in your own communities. Gentry's further opined that no presidential candidate should be afraid of Black Lives Matter protesters. If anything, candidates should call out the protesters for their blatant hypocrisy. The only one I think you would hit uh, the only, the only one I think who would hit them, where it hurts, is Donald Trump. Gentry predicted he wouldn't be afraid to talk to them. And Far too many presidential candidates have felt they need to appease Black Lives Matter protesters. Take, for instance, the way in which Democratic candidate Martin O'Malley apologized to protesters for having asserted that all lives matter. What we need is for a presidential candidate to valiantly challenge Black Lives Matter, which Gentry referred to as a superficial, shallow movement, and ask protesters why in the world they protest for thugs. That's interesting. The only candidate who has displayed this sort of politically incorrect candidness, of course, is Donald Trump, who had no problem telling the world that many illegal immigrants are murderers and rapists. Likewise, Trump would have no issue delivering a dose of heart's truth to the Black Lives Matters movement, which is why we patiently await the day protesters dare to hassle him. It will not be a pretty day then. Jonathan Gentry. Oh, of course. Ed. Folks, for the stupid ad to end. There we go. Okay, it's over now. Hopefully it'll end. Forever. That was, uh, yeah. But if they want a meeting with you, would you meet with them? I was going to talk to American voters. It's the same way of saying that you're going to meet with the Tea Party. Who's the Tea Party? There's hundreds of thousands of people. If organizers for the Black Lives Matter movement come to you and say, we want to sit down, would you do it? That's a ridiculous question. I'm going to talk to voters. Okay, it's a ridiculous question. Republican presidential candidates are getting pressed. On meeting with Black Lives Matters and that movement and their officials, this coming with more presidential candidates actually feeling the heat from that protest, the Minister Jonathan Gentry. Uh, Minister Gentry, the tactics of Black Lives Matter, uh, kind of brutish, rude, uh, you know, disruptive. Uh, We've seen several instances of Bernie Sanders. What do you make of that, particularly as you juxtapose it against their supposed mission? I mean, honestly, uh, Charles, it's good to see you with the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I, My advice to every presidential candidate out there, if they want to speak with you, challenge them. Yes, I do want to talk to you. And when they do get in your presence, ask them, if Black Lives Matter, how come you ain't cleaning up your own community? Okay, before you want to talk to me about me running any type of president seat, 
Why are you not cleaning up your own community if black lives matter? Where were you at in Chicago? Where were you at in Baltimore? Where were you at in Ferguson last week when Jamila Bolden was shot dead in her own home in that drive-by shooting on Tuesday night? If black lives matter, where are you when this stuff in foolishness is occurring? I would be... Every president candidate out there should challenge them. Yes, they should meet with them and ask them, why are you not cleaning up your own community before you ask me to clean up mine? And yet, you understand what I'm saying, Charles? I understand. Believe me, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're, you're kind of preaching to the choir here. Uh, uh, but having said that, we've seen where some Democrats have tried to say, well, all lives matter, or and they've been beaten down to the point where they've had to apologize. And to me, that's so crazy and so nuts. And I love the idea of turning it back on. If we're talking about accountability, we always should begin with the person in the mirror. Exactly. I mean, like, like I said before, my message just repeats itself again and again. We are going around in constant circles to, to some people who cannot recognize their own foolishness. Black lives matter only because they want to protest for thugs. You understand what I'm saying? They're nowhere to be found in our own community. I'm still looking for them. You understand what I'm saying? I'm in L.A. I'm looking for them. I don't see them. But yet they want to go to police stations and they want to protest to, and, and, and disrespect other people. Start with us. Talk to me. Start with us. Because I, I have a whole lot to tell you about what's going on in our own community if black lives matter. You understand me? People are sick of this foolishness. All lives matter. I understand. But yet if you want to recognize black lives, recognize the ones that we are killing in our own communities if you want to talk about this. You understand, no president, presidential candidate should be afraid of this superficial, shallow movement. They are cookies with no milk, Lamborghini with no 12-cylinder engine, clouds without tempest. They are shallow. You understand, they are movement going, but when you look inside, it's nothing there. I Call them at their bluff, challenger, would you go gorilla. So, would you go so far as to even include the, the massive amounts of abortion in the black community as well? The abortion rate in the black community is ridiculous. And again, like I said, I wish they would come at me with this. No presidential candidate should be afraid. Only, only one I think who would hit them where it hurts would be Donald Trump. He wouldn't be afraid to talk to them in that arena, in that area. You understand? But as far as the, the abortion rate in the black community, it's something that we don't want to talk about. Charles, have you noticed we don't want to address the pain that we have been going through all these years? Have you noticed that? The oppression that we don't want to recognize, we want to dump it on someone else. Now it's becoming a worldwide silly movement. And these these leaders out here don't want to address it. Now God has to raise up a new remnant to bring forth his holy word in a time as this. Can't you not see that what's happening in America today? How backwards we're going when we should be going forward. This movement is a joke. It's a joke. I'm black, and I'm going to tell you, this is silly. This well, is foolish. I'm black, and I'll second it, uh, Minister, because they're absolutely right. The, the hypocrisy and looking the other way as we kill ourselves every single day is mind-boggling to me. I just don't get it. I don't know. Apparently, George Soros pumped a lot of money into this thing. It's a leaderless movement with any no accountability. Their, their methods are brutish, and I wish they would speak to you. I don't know if they're going to do these presidential candidates, but I think you might turn some of them around. I appreciate it. God bless I you. I call every name. God bless you, and, Charles. And have I a love great you guys. Weekend. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Likewise. Right. Well, 
You know, this reminds me of this guy. He's right. I could never understand when there was a riot well, in the black. Com- just hold yeah, on. Yeah. In the uh, during the '60s, and they burned, uh, they, they, bur- they burned down their own community. Yeah. You know, and burned their own cars. It didn't make any Killed sense. Killed their own people. This, this and is crazy, this, and crazy. this is what he's saying. Why don't you, yeah. you know, fix the gangs, fix the drive-by shootings, do something for the youth. Your own community. In your own community so you can get some respect. Well, that was a guy. And you shouldn't be attacking um, the police as a result of that. Well, there was a guy in um, Hartford, uh, a young minister in Hartford, that attacked uh, Sharpton for asking for money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got silenced, Oh, you don't hear about him anymore from this community, but Sharpton was going around with his hat in his hand there, saying, give me some money for my for my uh, my place, for my uh, my marches and my, my business. Yeah, he said, no, get out. And he said, uh, you bastard, you're not even paying taxes. Get out of here. You're a, you're a you know, hypocrite. you're charging, you're a hypocrite. You're charging people $100 to see your, your face, you know. But uh, that's a mover and a shaker. This guy here would probably be a mover and a shaker, too. But, you know, if they're really ticked at their own communities, you know, for, for allowing well, that. Well, be- he better be careful. Yeah, I mean, it's a genocide, but it's... it's you got to be careful. They don't like... The establishment doesn't no. like people who speak that. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. Oh. It's very scary to them because they like that internal turmoil within the black community. That keeps them divided. That's correct. That's correct. And, you know, no, and providing it's, it's, guns and drugs and everything else, that's an old problem. And it's worked very well. Absolutely. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Oh, it is. And, you know, it's the kind of way that... Well, why would they change anything that works well with white youth, too, provide them with drugs? For yeah, yeah. Works is a working community. It's a works. It works, it works. It really bothers me, that kind of corruption yeah. by hurting people. Very said, oh, God, not myth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are scared to death, I don't know. They don't have to worry. It's just talk. Yeah. No, no, if it's not bad enough, the, the other idiots we got. Imagine There's something here. If Social Security had been in private accounts, the stock market could have been a disaster. Right? Would have been a, the stock market crash would have been a disaster. Yeah, would have wiped out everybody. Yeah. Well, and I hope he and, uh, wants to keep some. No, security. no, this guy's a freaking idiot, uh, Mr. Jeb Bush. The stock market continued a period of volatility on Monday. Media reports sounded the alarm that the DOW, or the Dow, rather, uh, a point, opened 1,000 points down and, under, and the other indexes took huge hits. Well, we know that. Well, only to climb back up a bit later in the day, right? But, uh, <clears throat> which has been people calling it Black Monday, they have knocked a good deal of money out of people's 401ks, retirement accounts. Social Security benefits remain, by and large, untouched by such fluctuations. Some Republicans, however, are interested in changing that. In June, presidential candidate Jeb Bush said that he thinks the next president will have to, I like that, have to try to privatize Social Security. That's because, you know, Goldman Sachs and all those people, they can't wait to get their hands on that money. Others have gotten behind the idea as well. Senator Rian Paul drafted a plan in 2013 that included partial privatization, and Senator Ted Cruz. Well, you didn't even say Jeb Bush uh, in June. I just read that. 
In favor of using private accounts, Representative Paul Ryan has included privatization in his budget blueprints. The market drop and ones before expose the dangers of such a plan, which usually entails diverting some or all of the money workers contribute to Social Security through their paycheck uh, into private investment accounts. That would put individuals in charge of making smart enough investment choices in the market to make big enough returns to support themselves in retirement. But the reality is that's not within reach for most individual people. During a market route like Monday, many people will panic and sell. We knew, know a lot of people do what economists say is irrational. They sell at a low point, said Dean Maker, co-director of the Center on Economic and Policy Research. Research shows the best thing to do during a downturn is to hold out if possible, but that's not how most people react. People see something like this. and they want to get out. When they see the market start to go up, they say, I better buy, and then they've lost a lot. This is one of the big problems with privatizing Social Security. Individual investors don't tend to be that savvy in chasing higher returns. A lot of people make wrong decisions, Baker said. This is even true when it comes to retirement planning. Many people leave money on the table with their 401ks by not taking advantage of employer matches or cash out when they switch jobs and incur taxes. The point of Social Security contributions is to make savings for retirement mandatory, he pointed out. But if you do that and then just tell people to do whatever you want with the money, then a lot of people will make mistakes and end up with not very much in retirement. On a larger level, putting people's Social Security contributions into private accounts makes them far more, far more exposed to the irrationality of the market. What's beautiful about Social Security is that in the long run, uh, that in the long run, excuse me, the return workers get on contributions is linked to productivity growth and wage growth, said Monique Morrissey, an economist at the Economic Policy Institute. Whereas markets are notoriously volatile and often behave in ways that are not based on fundamental strengths and weaknesses of the economy. Americans are already affected by those ups and downs of the stock market through their 401k savings, which have skyrocketed in recent decades. Privatizing Social Security would increase the risks they have to take on. We have a system where workers already, already are far too exposed to the varieties of the of the stock market. We need to be, we don't need to be expanding that. And this kind of goes on. Yeah, we know that. It just says that. You know, Jeb Bush said he wants retirement and privatization. And all these other a-holes want it the same way. And it's really, it's really insane. It's so insane, a policy, you know, to put people's retirement in, 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 the, in the open market. Well, they, it's, they it's, want it's criminal. Uh, it's criminal, criminal intent. They want you to work until you drop for five cents an hour. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, work in... All, uh, all crooks. Work yeah. at Dunkin' Donuts, uh, which his father is uh, an owner of. Oh, yeah, you're not yeah, your you local get, one, but, you're, yeah. but, but uh, Carlisle Group, which is owned by George W. Bush, uh, which, is, which are weapons uh, uh, dealers, uh, also own... Uh, uh, so when you don't have enough Social Security to live on, you can work there, and you can work 12-hour days, 12-hour shifts. For, for $8 an hour. 
Trump in his office today. He's about to leave for New Hampshire, and we're going to ask him a few questions. You're a legend. <laughs> You've done a great job. Thank actually. you very much. Thank you. So the big topic this week, Roger Ailes and Donald Trump. A story came out saying that you and Ailes were in private negotiations. Um, you made peace. He asked you to tweet something out saying you've made peace. What's really going on? Well, he's a man that I like a lot. He's been a friend of mine for many years, and he's done an incredible job. And we were at war because I felt that that was an unfair question, and I let him know it, and the, the, he understood The first question know. that Megan Kelly Well, they were both sort of unfair. I think that the raising of the hand was pretty tough. I'm in the lion's den, and I'm not even, like, warmed up yet. We just got to the podium, and already I'm hearing about, will I endorse the candidate, whoever it is, because that question was aimed at me, even though you had – nine other people up there. And that was a tough one, and then I had something else by Megan. But it's all fine now. I mean, it's all fine. It worked out good. Everyone said I won the debate, all the polls. Uh, Drudge said it, and even the New York Times on the front page of the New York Times, they said it. But we had uh, tremendous uh, poll numbers from Time Magazine and Drudge and all of them. So so I'm happy. But they were tough questions, uh, and I thought inappropriate, but Roger didn't, and I'll go with Roger. Will you ever be on Megan Kelly's show? Well, I think it's unlikely, but it could happen. Uh, they wanted me to do her show, but I'm not looking to do that. I'm a very real person, and I know it's good showbiz. I know it's good for ratings and everything else, but, you know, that doesn't matter. Hey, I did Sean Hannity's show the other night. It's the highest-rated show he's ever had, and it won overall of cable, as yes. you probably saw. That Absolutely. was Sean Hannity, and he's been such a gentleman to me. And uh, Bill O'Reilly's been so great. He's a tough cookie, and he's smart, but he's been so great to me and so fair to me. So I don't know. I mean, it's possible that I'll do a show sometime, but not in the immediate future. Do you regret anything about the Rosie O'Donnell answer? No, Rosie actually saved me because that was a rough question. And in the middle of the question, I blurted out something like, only Rosie O'Donnell. So, Rosie, finally, you saved me because the room went wild. And that was the biggest I mean, between the laughing and the going wild and the applause. And it really stopped the rest of the question, which was just a continuation of kill. It was good timing for me. And it set the evening off right, because that was a, that was a question that could have ruined my whole evening. Do you need Fox News to win this election, to win the nomination? I don't know. Uh, it's a great question. I just don't know. I know that CNN has been wild about the whole Trump thing, whatever that is, and uh, MSNBC has been doing it, and Meet the Press, and George Stephanopoulos, and uh, Face the Nation. I mean, I've been doing all of them. I, I don't know what the, you know, what has caused this whole thing, but 
Certainly Fox is very important. And I like the people on Fox, and I like Roger. Like 150 years? I guess they've had them for quite a long time. Hmm. 
Benjamin Harrison had a successful career as an attorney before his one-term presidency. He even represented the Republic of Venezuela against the United Kingdom. So George, 132.5. How the hell did they analyze his IQ I don't back, know. That's, back then? I don't know. I don't know how they did this. With you know, the first U.S. president without a college degree. In addition to having a sharp political mind, Washington was also a skilled military. No, that's president. true. But it's still that's interesting. Uh, Martin Van Buren, 133.4. How the hell did they get these guys? Yeah. Yeah. They don't have Thomas Jefferson on here. I know. He's one of yeah. the How do they get their, their IQs uh, from, uh, from uh, 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 DNA? I don't know. That's bullshit. I think so. William Henry Harrison. These are people in... How the hell did they get IQs from guys like uh, 200 years ago? Can't. Franklin's here. Yeah.
Ph.D. in political science and was chosen to be president of Princeton University, a position he held from 1902 to 1910. As a president, Wilson was a key figure in the progressive movement and presided over World War I. Yeah, he was a bright man. Bill Clinton, 148. I believe that. He's a master manipulator. Clinton, he's not a Mensa. He was elected yeah, to Phi Beta Kappa at Georgetown University and won a Rhodes Scholarship to Oxford University where he studied philosophy, politics, and, on, and economics. He also received a law degree from Yale. John F. Kennedy won 50. At 43, Kennedy was the youngest person to be elected president. Uh, although he frequently struggled with health issues, Kennedy was nonetheless an avid scholar and an ambitious statesman. He's a smart guy. Thomas Jefferson, my favorite president. When speaking at a White House dinner for Nobel laureate, JFK famously noted, I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent, of human knowledge that has ever been gathered at the White House, with the possible exception of when Thomas Jefferson dined alone. Jefferson certainly was a true Renaissance figure, studying everything from agricultural innovation to architecture. God, he was brilliant, that guy. In 